Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to the second episode of the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. Last week, we looked at the offensive prospects in the draft. This week, we are taking it over to the other side of the ball and breaking down the defensive guys. And since there hasn't been a lot of big-time NFL news in the past few days, I said we jump right into it. You ready, my friend? Let's get after it, brother. Good. So we've been on this podcast right now for about 30 seconds, and I'm already going to hit you with something that is going to get some people fired up and probably say, man, this dude must have got his bell rung right before this show. But I'm going to tell you, with this edge group, my top five does not have Mr. Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon in it. And even though he's not my top five, that's the guy I want to start with because this is uh, about the hottest take you're going to get. Now, don't get me wrong. Kayvon Thibodeau, 6'4", 258. He is explosive off the line. He's got a great first step. He was uh, the number one high school recruit when he was coming out. Uh, in preseason this year, he was the number one overall pick. He was the number one overall pick the year before. Everybody loves this dude. But Kevin, what is the most important thing for me when I am looking at prospects? What do I value more than anything else? I reckon one of the biggest things is character and drive. Yeah, too. Words out of my own mouth. Character and drive and those two things, not necessarily character, we're talking football character, have been called into question with Thibodeau. I haven't heard anyone, even people from Oregon, say too many positive things about his work ethic and his love and passion for the game. Put on top of that, he comes out at the combine and says, oh, the, the New York Giants gave me a hard time in an interview. Get over yourself, dude. Come on. Then he goes out and runs a 4.58. That's awesome. 4.58 and an edge. Man, that's great. Then he gives another interview and says, uh, the negative press doesn't bother me at all, and went on for about five minutes to talk about how wrong the negative press is. Well, it seems to me, buddy, you do care about the negative press. And I don't care how good of a football player you are, man. If you don't have that drive, if you quit on plays, I can't gamble on you with a top 10 pick. Now, he's going to go in the top 10. He might go in the top two. But – for me personally, I cannot gamble on something like that. I need someone that's on the field, every play, loves the game, and is and lives for football. And Kayvon Thibodeau, that's not him. So you and I have talked about this at length. Obviously, we won't get too, too far into that because we've had very long discussions about this fella. So I'm with you. you. You watch his tape. There's definitely plays where if he feels he's not it, he looks like one of these diva wide receivers. Like, plays going the other way, ah, I'm done. I'm just going to chat with this tight end over here and we'll chill for a little bit. So there's no doubt character off the field. There's not problems there. You're right. Just on the field motivation to play hard. Every play. Is he a victim of his own success? He's been so good for so long. Been fed that line his whole career since he's probably pop Warner. And that sometimes can lead to a little complacency and chilling. I think another problem, the things that why things bother him so much, and well, he says they don't bother the press, but they do. Uh, again, as we've discussed, the guy is highly intelligent. He is on NFL Network tonight, live interview, and just listening to him talk, it's unlike, it sounds like a physics professor. The guy's sharp. He's a 1,200 level chess player. He's a thinking man. That said, 
got to play hard on every play. And if he's not going to, it's going to be a short career. It's going to be some good, good that whole clowny route where we occasionally are in on second or third down and make a lot of money. Yeah, we, we do our thing, it, which leads straight into a very valid point that you've discussed about why he plays football. That's correct. And you want a guy coming in. He doesn't have to be perfect, but when you're drafting someone as high as Thibodeau is going to go, you need him to have, especially an edge rusher, you need to have something that um, he brings on his own. And what Kayvon brings on his own is his athleticism for sure. But that's it. If his first, if he doesn't win on that first step off the line, he's not going to win. He doesn't have any secondary moves. He doesn't have any reactionary moves. Uh, and I'll give you one more thing that really makes me wonder about his success at the next level. Uh, ESPN's Todd McShay was talking to a Pac-12 coach, and he said, you know, when you guys going up against Oregon, what did you do? How did you scheme? How did you game plan going up against Kayvon Thibodeau? And the Pac-12 coach told Todd McShay, we didn't. All we told our guys to do was get your hands on him and he'll quit. If a Pac-12, now nothing wrong with Pac-12, it's Power 5 Conference. They don't have, I mean, when you think Hoss offensive linemen, dudes that are that are going to be, you know, in the NFL, obviously Panay Sewell's there, you know, from last year, but you don't think of the Pac-12. And if their coaches aren't worried about Kayvon Thibodeau, why should NFL coaches be worried about him? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I, I don't want to say that. The guy's going to probably be a bit of a beast. He's going to have games where he'll just dominate. He'll have games where he's a complete non-factor. It's going to be really up to him. If he gets to the right team, maybe his teammates, maybe his coaches are going to push him a little bit. Maybe he's going to realize this isn't so easy anymore. He reminds me of sometimes, back to what I said earlier, the 12-year-old that's hitting bombs in Little League. Bombs, bombs, bombs. Hit 600 his 12-year-old year. Well, by the time he's 16 in high school, he's the seventh best player on the team. Why? He just quit trying. Doesn't No need to improve. Just doing his thing. And now people are passing him. Well, maybe Everybody he's going to step up when he gets to the NFL and decide, you know, I don't want to be the next joke. I've seen him in mocks going anywhere still, literally still from one, not not many, but there's a couple still out there that have him at one, clear down to 10. Of course, earlier, you know, we, you and I had a long uh, discussion about a week ago where one of us, I won't mention any names, had him at 41. No, no, no. But the wiser That's one of us was able to talk that person in, in – a little sense of that person. Not that this person thought he was the 41st best player, but maybe thought that the character, the drive, the motivation issues were even worse. But I will say that person who still has a beard, maybe you're going to look like a genius in five years. Well, there's no doubt about that. Everybody no has told you so when he's flaming out of the league and you look like the biggest genius on earth. And if that happens, my friend, I will bow down to you and give you mad props. I think I, it's going to be somewhere between. I don't think I'd take him in the top three. Top five, top six, definitely. But I don't know if I'd take him in the top three. Where uh, is he in rankings for your edge? I've got him at two. Okay. Behind Hutchinson? Yeah, behind Hutchinson, Walker, third. Yeah. Hutchinson's uh, a guy for me. If I'm the Jags, I take him number one because that dude has – he doesn't have the athleticism. He's not as explosive as, you know, a Thibodeau or uh, uh, Walker that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But the dude's energetic. He is passionate. This guy loves nothing more than football. 
Um, he's got great size and he has different pass rush moves, right? He's got a repertoire already in the bag that he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to start from scratch. He can tweak. And that's a lot easier for a coach, no matter what level, uh, you know, you're, you're the kid, if he can do something already, it's a lot easier um, to shine that up than it is to build it from scratch. Uh, and now he doesn't have a whole lot of bend, like a, like a miles gear or something like that, but the dude plays all the way to the whistle and he is going to give you everything he's got every play. So for me, when you take his size, his passion his his drive. And then you add that with the fact that he already has some moves and He's very coachable. He wants to get better. I think he has the highest floor of maybe any defensive player in this draft. Now, look, he may never be an all pro, but man, I'd lose a lot of money if you told me he wasn't going to be a multi-time pro bowl player and be in that eight to 12 sack range almost every year. To me, he's a third Bosa. He's sort of a Bosa light. He's not quite them. Those guys are, they're game changers. They're game wreckers. I'm 100% with you. It's, it's rare that I would call somebody that's maybe going number one overall the safest pick in the draft because you expect so much from the number one. But I really think he is. I, barring injuries, well, and the fact that he's going to maybe go to the Jags, I can't see anything else really completely derailing his career. He's got the motor. As we discussed with any sport, it particularly matters in violent sports, drive, motivation, plays every play to the whistle. You can't every teach play. it. You either have it, you don't have it. We can teach guys to go a little harder. We can teach them to get a little meaner out there. We can teach them to play the end of the whistle. But what this guy does is a whole nother level of that. The Jags can't go wrong with this pick. But much like the Eagles frequently do, they're going to find a way to screw up their first-round pick. Speaking of which, quickly, I want to throw this in there. I guess you saw they put out uh, feelers for Rager today. Oh. Thank God. Officially have put out feelers with a couple GMs, anonymous GMs that said they've been contacted of what, what they could maybe do to, to relinquish themselves of Mr. Rager. I would take Mr. Irrelevant for Caleb Rager. <laughs> it could Please, be how, much worse. I, dude, I'd take a tuna sandwich. Maybe they could um, talk to the Vikings and just swip, swip swap uh, Jeff, JJ and, uh, and Rager like it should have been in the first place. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what they say. Uh, and, do, and Hutchinson was the runner-up for the Heisman, by the way. Yeah, as a as a DN. I mean, that's it's that's impressive. impressive. Now, the next guy for me is one of my favorite players in the entire draft, and I am he is so close to Hutchinson for me. This is how much I love this guy. It's Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Um, similar size, 6'5", 255 ish. He is strong. He is athletic. He also. Um, has several pass, pass rush moves in his little bag of tricks he's got there. He plays the run really well. I, I mean, he he explodes off the tape on every play. He's always doing something. I don't think I saw a single play, and I, I don't think I'm exaggerating in saying that, where he wasn't doing anything. You know, some of these other guys we'll talk about, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, I mean, whoever. There are plays when they get stacked up and they stop. He is fighting Every, even when he gets double teamed, he's fighting. He's tackling dudes in the run game. He's going after the quarterback. He had 12 sacks and 23 run stops uh, this season alone. He went to the senior bowl and destroyed everybody. I mean, he was, if you watch the practices from the senior bowl, especially one-on-ones, he embarrassed some of the country's best offensive linemen down in Mobile. He ran a 4 5 8 40. You're never going to run a 40, in, mm -hmm. I mean, rarely as a, uh, as a defensive lineman, but he – 
He has no problem chasing plays all over the field. I mean, I could not love this dude more. One of my favorite players in the entire draft. He's a menace. He's my Traylon Burks on the defensive side. There you go. He's a he's a menace, dude. Guy can play. Super fast, super quick. He's got everything. The greatest thing I think about him is he really only played one year as a true defensive end. He's got nowhere to go but up. As he Story. learns the position more and more, if he gets with the right team, again, we, we, we push that constantly. But, man, nowhere to go but up and just get better and better and better and could just – Again, be a game wrecker, not a game changer, a game wrecker. Well, he he uh, transferred from Georgia. He had, I think he had seven sacks two years ago uh, for Georgia. And I usually, when, when guys transfer like that, I usually knock them. Like Justin Fields transferred out of Georgia to Ohio State. That was a big knock for me because one of two things happened. Either he wasn't good enough to beat, to, to win the starting job, or he didn't feel like trying hard enough. And so that attitude, uh, at, I, I knock. But I think it's different with Johnson because I think if you look at all of the, the dudes ex- outside of N'Kobe Dean, nobody's stats really jump off the page from Georgia because they had so many dudes. And they, everybody gets subbed out because they have – I mean, they're so deep. It's ridiculous. But um, I don't think he wanted to come off the field. I think he was tired of being subbed out. It's like I am a monster, but I'm not able to show it here. I want to go to a different program where they're they, – need me to be on the field every play and I can really show everybody what I got. So I almost, I don't want to say I give him a bump, but um, I'm not knocking this particular transfer in a, in a way that I normally would. He's really moved up draft boards recently where your general idea, you think you go top 10. Oh, so yes, I've seen some I where he's top 10, but I've seen some where he's dropped down there down about 14, 15 dreams would come true if he made it to 15 and Philly was smart enough to take him. But uh, I can't imagine the Ravens would let him get by them no matter what. Yeah. I would like to have him. That would be nice, but yeah, I don't think he's going to drop that far. I think top 10. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be right towards the bottom of their nine, the nine, 10 area. Sure. And it's good. What happens above them. It's just, this is such a volatile draft. So many weird things could happen in this one. Weird. And I love you. Right before we got on air, you were talking about how you were watching the NFL uh, Network, I think, tonight. And all the all the, the the big wigs and the guys who are in the know s- still don't know. Right. They have no clue. They that, that, like Last year, one, two, three, quarterbacks. And you pretty much knew it. You knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. So everything yeah, after that. You, just, you knew who it was. Yes, exactly who it was. And it just fell into place this year. We don't know, just not know who's going to go number one. We don't know who's going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's guys right. we think might go in the top ten. They might drop down to seventeen. A guy we think is going twenty might end up going six. Where might be a trade here and there? How much do people really love Malik Willis? Could that factor in? It's just so. Odd. I mean, the Panthers seventy-five percent. They're taking a QB, seven and and seventy-five percent of that. It was going to be Kenny Pickett, right? Yes. Well, I was them. I would so get rid of that pick like and two, just move down. That was two weeks ago. If they can, if they can, they they should because they're still going to get one of those two quarterbacks they want. They could drop down six spots. They're still going to get one of the two of them and build oh, yeah. up draft capital because they have a lot of needs. But what I'm saying, is, and to your point, is two weeks ago they were taking a quarterback no matter what. Right. It was most likely going to be Kenny Pickett. Now, as of today, they came out. I mean, maybe a 10% shot they take a QB. They're out. Unless, of course, like you said, they trade down. I think you, you, also had, met, you had Evan go Neal going to them, I think, in your mock, didn't you? Um, Cross. I think it was Cross. Maybe, no. It, maybe it was. It was. Maybe it was. 
I can't remember. Neil you might be right. You're probably right. It was your thing. Yeah, but I did I did post it uh, my mock draft there huh? on the Get Your Bell Wrong Football Podcast. I did. I saw that. I like. I think you, the one I have, you have Evan Neal, but I don't know if that's okay. the place. No, no, that could be. I, I mean, honestly, I, I wrote that a, a few days ago, and good grief, you, 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 you. When you write one of those mock drafts, man, you you fill them out, and then you change them, and you move a couple picks, oh, and yeah. it, it it goes on and on, and it's tough to it's tough to keep it up. But uh, you had mentioned someone jumping up draft boards like Jermaine Johnson uh, since the start of this process, since before the combine till now. I don't think anyone's jumped up boards more than Trayvon Walker, who's my number Ooh. three. Got that Pass right, you, buddy. It was like, I yeah, I think I kind of heard of Trayvon Walker, and then he goes to the combine. He runs at six five two seventy five with thirty five inch arms. I mean, those are left tackle slash Kyle Pitts um, length arms. He runs a four five one in the forty with an almost thirty six inch vertical. He had the same um, relative athletic score, a ninety nine point nine as Miles Garrett. I, I don't know how you are that big. And that that long and that athletic. Now he's raw. He's as raw as they get. He doesn't have a lot of moves. Um, he's very fluid though. Very smooth. Look great uh, going through the um, through the drills. But where you this is where you come and um, you would know more than me. Excuse me. You're the numbers guy. But he's now I believe the odds on favor to go number one overall. And we talked is. about how safe Hutchinson was. As safe as he is, Trayvon Walker is just as risky. That's the thing. Who's drafting? It's the Jags. What do they want? You know, or do are they, are they a risky team? Are they a floor team? That's it, right? Do we want the ceiling? Do we want the floor? Floor Hutchinson, ceiling Walker, Thibodeau. Don't know. Last last I heard, ownership wants Hutchinson, but Balky wants Walker. It's the last I heard. Well, generally, I guess. I was uh, Shahid Khan, I'd say, well, you're going to draft my guy or you won't be the GM come tomorrow. I hear so, what was this? Was his draft day? You know, yeah. You have a casa? So, yeah. I, I mean, we're going to find out. And maybe it's neither mm. one of them. The one thing I didn't understand, and, and this is coachable, so this should be something that can help out. He's got he's got pretty heavy hands, um, and he's – Got a real good punch. He gets stand-up dudes. I watched him do it to Evan Neal. Just go in there, punch him, stand him up. But then that's kind of it. I mean, we need to really work on disengaging from those blocks and, and getting our secondary pass rush moves in there. But uh, I'm telling you He's what. He's got to learn. Yeah. He's got a lot to learn still. Yes. One, uh, now one this- thing I'd like to point out with all these Georgia fellas, though, that was one of the most dominant NCAA defenses ever. They Possibly. Were really yeah. Amazing. You know, maybe not the best, but they're top ten. How much of everything they've done is because of everyone Correct. around them? Are we going to be able to take that and translate that to a team that doesn't have much at all, and you're expected to be able to put up the same kind of numbers, the same kind of intensity every play? Like you said, these guys, their their second-team defense was better than half the defenses in the country. Their first teams, they got to rest so much. They're fresh on the field. So how much is that going to play when these guys are all separated and we don't no longer get to just crush? Let me add a, another uh, little question in there. How, with that mindset, how does that go into and affect the scouting reports of Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, who might be someone we talk about in a little bit? Because you're talking two awesome pass rushers right on the each other sides. One coming from left, one coming from right from Michigan. 
would Aiden Hutchinson have had the season he did without a Jabo and vice versa? Maybe not. Interesting. You're right. So much of it, there's so much more that goes into this. And there's so many people want to just look at this in a vacuum. Like, here's the numbers. Here's the tape. This is what happened. Well, it's just not that simple in football. There's so many moving parts. We're going to find out. These guys are all going somewhere relatively early. So we're going to find out in the coming years where we are. Uh, now, next guy for me is also – I'm much higher on this guy than most, and it's Arnold Ebiketti. He is my fourth-ranked pass rusher, and he's from Penn State. Uh, he's not as tall as the other guy, 6'2". He started his career at Temple, played well, transferred to Penn State, and he played even better. 47 tackles, 52 quarterback pressures, and eight sacks. Also very athletic with a 38-inch vertical. Um, the reason I like this guy is watching his tape – when that ball is snapped, he might explode off the line better than any of these guys that we're talking about. I mean, he is quick and fast, and he is in he is past that left tackle faster than most of these other guys. The only guy might even be close, Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, and Ebiketti, I loved watching his tape. It was I was I couldn't wait for the next play. What's he going to do here? How's how, is he going to get to the quarterback here? I mean, he, he some guys have the numbers and don't look explosive on tape. Some guys are the opposite. This guy was explosive in testing and explosive on tape. He also rushed standing up and with his hand in the dirt. So he's he's a little versatile when it comes to that. He's a good player. Might go at the end of the first round, might go early second. I've yeah. seen some things had him up to about 28, down to around 40. I think he's better prospect than Owe from last year. Yeah, he just might be. And Owe went, what, 24? That Where did Owe go? Don't know. Off what? Do you have that okay. up somewhere? I don't. I'm just 24 sticks out in my head, but it's somewhere in the mid 20s, right? Gotcha. What do you think about uh, Drake Jackson? Drake Jackson. I didn't watch a whole lot from him because I didn't hear anyone. I mean, I saw maybe three mocks all year, put him in the top in the first round. So gotcha. I didn't look at him a lot. Is he someone you like? I, I like what he did. Quick, good moves. I uh, got to work on the pass rush a little bit. He's uh, it looks like he's somebody that could possibly move around a little bit. I just was more wondering just what you thought about him. I didn't know if you'd really looked at him. He's another one that I've seen. Some guys, some some GMs might take a, a chance on him late first round. He might go late second round. There's there's a fellow that went um in last year's draft in Edge who uh, the name has escaped me right now that no one really anticipated going in the first round. Um, and he ended up going. I have to look that up, but uh, um. Yeah, could be. For me, George Karloftis is my fifth-ranked um, edge, and the last one I'll probably really go uh, too much into detail with. And he he he's relentless, and that's why I have him here. He He's not the most explosive guy. He's pretty strong. He's not the strongest, doesn't have many great moves. His production wasn't even that great. So why, why the heck is he up here? Um, it's because he will not quit on a play, and he loves football. He this is one of those little things that means a lot to me. He moved his apartment. He moved it right next to the Purdue training facility so he could be closer and get in and out of the weight room and the, the workout facility more often. I love that. I That's, that's the, that's pretty you know, cool. That's going to show up on the stat sheet, but it shows you his dedication to his craft. And he got a guy that's not going to quit and loves football more than anything in the world. Uh, I will take him over a guy who's, who beats him athletically, um, but lacks in other areas. So I, I, I like Karloftis. He's not going to – he may never get 15 sacks in a year, but 
um, he's never going to quit on you. And and that means a lot whenever That's I'm drafting. That's a huge thing. That's a huge thing, Rafa. Coaches love it. Your teammates love it. Everybody yes. loves it. The dude's old school. You know, he's, he's one of those throwback players. He's going to go out there, give you everything he's got, beat you up, beat himself up in the weight room. First guy there in the morning, last guy there at the end of the night. And yep. say, I agree with you. He'll be a pro, pro bowler most likely, but most likely not going to be an all-pro guy. But he's, he's going to play for you. I, dude, I, I, I'll be honest, I had not really even much considered anything about him until you had uh, put him in your top five, and I just started looking yeah. a little more, and the dude, yep. he's going to be good. OYA went 31 last year. OYA 31? Yeah, he went to the Ravens. Yeah, yeah I mean, I knew he went to the Ravens. I didn't know when. Yeah, they had Bateman at 27, him at 31. All right, we mentioned Ajabo a little bit. We can touch on him quickly. Uh, he tore his Achilles, so that's going to hurt him, obviously. Uh, otherwise, he was going to be probably mid-first round. He played on the other side of Hutchinson. He's quick, very uh, um, very much a project. Uh, maybe even more, because he hasn't even played football that long. So he'd be a project like Trayvon Walker, but um, he could make it happen. And then Boye Mafe, I also liked him a little bit. He He's only averaged up. about – yeah, he only averaged about 34 snaps a game, but he still had 40 pressures on the year, which is kind of a lot when you're playing maybe 50% of the snaps and you're still able to get that many pressures. Uh, he went to the Senior Bowl and just and crushed it. He was He's awesome down there. He's fun to watch play, dude. He's he is, fun to watch right. play. Yep. Um, and he'll chase plays from all over, all over the place. So uh, the thing that got me with him is he is close a lot, but doesn't quite get there. He doesn't quite finish. And I think, you know, he had 40 pressures. I think that shows that. But you can see it on tape as well, where he's, you know, he makes a move. He, he dips and rips on the on the left tackle, and he's back there, and he's set. Nope, the quarterback got rid of the ball right before he got there. And, I mean, I don't know if that's – I don't know if that's just karma or juju that floats around with him, where he's always going to be close and, and not be able to close, or maybe there's something they can fix there. But uh, just something I noticed on tape. Yeah, maybe even the closings at, at times is good enough. Just force, force the quarterback's hand, force the play. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys, we want to, we want to measure them on nothing but sacks. But sometimes it's just the pressure. That's all you need. Speed up the play. Quarterback's throwing for the receivers, prepared out of his break, and boom, we had trouble. Sure. Um, if you don't have any, if you don't have anybody else as far as edge players go, move on to defensive tackles. And there's been a, a little shuffle here at the top. Devontae Wyatt was my top guy, but I changed it up. Uh, watching a little more film on there with Perrion Winfrey is my number one defensive tackle. And again, here we go. What about Jordan Davis? Don't he's on the list. He's not number one or two or even three. Um, he's four. Devontae Wyatt's my second. I got to Marvin Leal at uh, three, Jordan Davis, and then Logan Hall, who I really loved his tape from Houston, number five. For me, Winfrey has been a slow riser. He's picked up a little bit lately. Um, you uh, Maybe 50, not even 50% of the mocks, I would say, have him going in the first round. He's still my favorite defensive tackle and the guy who I think is going to be the most successful. He went to the Senior Bowl. He's Senior Bowl MVP. He had two sacks, five tackles in the game as a defensive tackle. He ran a sub 4-9-40, to be uh, exact, 35-inch vertical, and he's 300 pounds. He's quick off the lines, a decent swim move, good bull rush, and he fights. He's always moving. He's never stagnant. He gets double teamed. His feet are always moving. He's, he's not just going to sit there and hold it, which is fine. He's fighting constantly. And I think, 
you, you had mentioned this about, um, you know, different schemes and stuff like that. If he would have been in a different scheme other than Oklahoma's, they did a whole lot of slants and things where pre-snap, he had a job, you're slanting this way. And if you're slanting into a run play or, I mean, those offensive linemen could just turn and run you right out of the play. And it's not your fault because that's what the defense, that's what the defensive scheme was. And that happened to him a lot. Uh, he's had decent bend for a big guy too. And if you, his snap anticipation is wild. I, I thought he was off sides half the plays I watched him in the game. Um, even when he didn't make the play, he, I mean, his snap anticipation is impressive. I'll be honest. I've not looked much at him other than you speaking about him. I've not really seen a whole lot, read a whole lot. So what I would pose to you is as high as you are on him, where do you think NFL GMs are with him? And do you even think he'll go in round one? I've not seen much talk of him in round one. He's not going before before 25. And I would probably guess somewhere between the end of the very end of the first and mid second. I'd say it's probably where he's going to find his home, Um, which is fine because this is my favorite dude I watched on tape. I loved everything about him. Okay. I, I, I really don't have a lot to offer on him. No, I got you. He's Check one out. of your guys. I know you sometimes you really get on board with a guy and you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I go all in there. Hey, listen. You're like the Tony Robbins of NFL players. Uh, you, you, you find a guy and you're going to go out of your way to build him up and build him up and build him up. And, and you're going to make sure everybody else believes it too. Well, I need him to know when I'm right. I need him to know. I need him to know I was first. There you go. Uh, next for me is Devontae Wyatt. Uh, he was my number one for a long time. Um, he Again, Georgia boy blew up the combine with a 47740 at 305 pounds. I think he's the better athlete than okay. I don't want to say better athlete than Jordan Davis. He, I think he is more explosive on the football field because he can play the run and rush the passer. Jordan Davis is pretty one-sided. He's not much of a pass rusher. Um but and he doesn't get the push off the ball because he's not as large. Uh, but I think as far as playing the game of football, I like Devontae White a little more. He's pretty quick off the line um, and was as successful as he could be in an offense surrounded by 10 other studs or in a defense surrounded by 10 other studs. I think he's the most polished right now, three down player lineman here. He, he's, he's the guy he's going to be in the majority of the game. He's rarely going to come off the field. You're right. As long as he's conditioned. Well, you know, obviously, if he's out there dragging, they're going to pull. I'm saying, as far as his overall skill set, his size, he's the guy that's going to be there. Again, here we are with defense. Two of our top three or four guys here, Bulldogs. How much of that are they playing off each other again? I mean, are they going to do that without having this stacked team all around them? But if there's one guy that's going to do it, it's probably him. I'd still rather have Jordan Davis. Well, let's talk about it, man. 6'6", 340, this dude's a load. And stopping the run is his yeah. deal. He's got a – I know we talked right before we got on, I'll let you talk about, um, you know, his, what you think he could do as a pass rusher. But if you need – if you play in a division like the AFC North or somewhere where uh, they love to run the ball, this is this is your guy because he is going to get in there and knock Nick Chubb in the chin. He's going to get after Najee Harris. And he's going to plug up that middle. You know, Joe Mixon's Absolutely. not getting any – so um, it's great. And now his his endurance, just that we were talking about with White, you know, is he going to stay on the field? That's been called into question for good reason. He, get, he got tired. He's a big, 
boy, but they do run a four, seven, eight, 40 at 340 pounds. It's free. So this is a world record. It's never, it's, it's not, he's Usain Bolt of, of fat guys. It's in, it's incredible. It was awesome. I watching him. I was so impressed. He is just a mountain of yeah. a man. So it's no secret to anybody listening to this. And of course you, that I'm a diehard Ravens fan and everything is based on stopping the run. The defense has been set that way for the last 20 years. The big super defense, you know, Saragusa, Adams in the center, plug up everything. This is a division now with L. Jacks, obviously he plays for the Ravens, um, Bengals, um, Burrow. And then we've got now uh, Sean Watson in Cleveland and potentially Malik Willis, maybe in Pittsburgh, who knows? You could make the argument that they're the second best quarterback group in the league behind the AFC West. I really think you could make that. And most people are going to say, well, let's just go corner, 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 safety, safety, safety. I don't believe that. I believe if you can stop those teams from running and then make them one dimensional, that makes covering so much easier, so much more simple. And how do we do that? At number 14, we take Mr. Jordan Davis. And if we get, I've read a few different things about him saying they think he's very coachable, very teachable and could learn to be a better pass rusher. If we can get four or five lucky sacks out of the guy on the season, great. But if he's plugging up all those, let, let's list Mixon, Harris, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Boy, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. I mean, you can make the argument it's the best running back group in the entire league. So, dude, the guy, he's just he's just a wall. Just a wall. And if you can get that little bit extra out on an occasional pass, all the better. I'm with you. There are there are NFL guys that have been doing this stuff longer than I've been alive and will have forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But I am a firm believer in building your team from the inside out. Start with your offense, defensive lines, work your way out. Um, you see it time and time again in the NFL. And when it when I wasn't as mature of a football analyst and didn't really know what I was doing, I give me give me a star running back. Give me a Give me a star receiver. That's just, yeah, that's great. And it looks good on paper, but that's not what wins you games. It's the big boys. Um, and speaking of which, two more I'll hit on quick. The Marvin Leal from Texas A&M. He's one of the, he's a little light in the britches. He's only about 285. But because of that, he's very athletic. Uh, and he's he's good at stopping the run. He's good at getting to the quarterback. Probably a little better getting a uh, stopping the run, um, in my opinion. He lined up at various places along the front. And he's got several pass rush moves with him already. Uh, and then my other guy, Logan Hall from Houston, this guy I really enjoyed. He is strong. He gets immediate push off, off the snap. I mean, as soon as that ball snapped, he is in the other team's backfield, and he's in it a lot. Very quick hands, good motor. He chases plays downfield, which is awesome to see from a big man. Um, he, but uh, like a lot of the other guys, he rotated out a lot, which is something I noticed. So we'll see how he holds up. You know, um, really likes him? you know who really goes to bat for him? Cynthia Freeland. Oh, my gosh. She's talking him up tonight. I love Cynthia Freeland, but the the the, the extreme analytics, <laughs> I'm not too sure about. Yeah, she, she she's a mathematician for sure, but some of the football stuff goes a little crazy sometimes because of the analytics. I hear you. You got anybody else to add to that defensive tackle Absolutely thing? Absolutely not. There's, maybe, there's definitely four, maybe a fifth that'll go in the first round. 
we'll see. Yeah, I think I think Wyatt and Davis are definitely going in the first round, and then it's a crapshoot. I don't know. I mean, if yeah, you're, some guys are really yeah. high on Logan Hall, he I might sneak three. in there. Yeah. I think he'll go. Definitely. I think he'll get first round. So I'd say three definites, and then right, one so, more might sort of just slide in. All right, over unders three and a half. What, what are you heading? What are you taking? That's a tough one. I'm going four. Okay, going the upper three and a half. Okay, okay. all right. Uh, linebackers shouldn't take us too long because there's really, really only two guys. It's Devin Lloyd and Kobe Dean. Uh, you can flip flop them. Um, a lot of the analysts out there, they, you know, half of them got uh, D Lloyd up top, half of them got Dean. I have Lloyd from Utah, and really the only reason is probably because he actually looks like a linebacker, like yeah. six two, six three, two hundred thirty five pounds. He's explosive. He's athletic. He plays all over the field. He's a good tackler. You need to rush the passer. Great. He'll take on blocks. Uh, he, here's his stats. 108 tackles, 31 pressures, eight sacks, four picks. I mean, he does it all. He's ever, it was like Zayvon Collins last year we talked about where he had, yeah. he had numbers, impressive numbers in every single statistical category. And um, now he didn't, he didn't test real great. He ran like a four, six, five, 40 or something like that. Uh, occasionally he'll over pursue on, on the run game, but uh, I mean, this guy was awesome. The one thing that I'll use him as a teachable moment here, when you're watching film, like I do, when you're watching full games, you got to watch as much as you can, because if I just randomly chose the BYU film, he did not look good. I don't know if he was sick. I don't know if he was hurt. He did not look, if I would only watch that film, I'd come out of there thinking, Oh, Devin Lloyd's my third or fourth linebacker on this on this list because he did not look great but you put on any other game and the guy is an absolute monster so just make sure i'm not knocking it for the byu everyone has a down game but um just make sure you watch you watch a good bit of film yeah they're either or those two fellas i'd want lloyd just because he's bigger yeah uh game with dean that georgia defense but how much was it a product of the nfl team around him that we're basically slowly building here but the guy I would want to, to, to go after is your boy, Troy Anderson, who you were high on, is now just flying up draft boards. First round? The most – oh, I've seen him in first round, literally. Today. Mm. I, I saw him two or three of them going first round. He, he's a project. He's a project, but the dude's a physical freak. His first year of college – I'm sure you've researched all this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He I was know. a running back. Yeah. And His sophomore one. year – he was the starting quarterback. And a really good one. And a really good one. I, watching film of him, I didn't even care about the defensive stuff. I'm just sitting there in there with all of everything else. It was just, it was amazing. And the dude's huge. And he's running like a gazelle and cutting and sprinting yeah. past corners. And I'm like, why is this guy changed position every year? And I know why, because... You want to make it to the NFL. That's where the money is going to be if he switch positions. But I, there's got to be a GM out there thinking like, oh, man, a little added bonus. Both of our quarterbacks get, get hurt. We're going, to throw, <laughs> we're going to throw one of our linebackers out to play quarterback. And he might he, be able to do it semi-efficiently. He looked like a more athletic um, – oh, my gosh. Who's the, who's the tight end trying to be a quarterback for the Saints? Why can't I think of his name? That you love know. him to death. I don't know. Oh, Taysom Hill. Thank you. Taysom. Yeah. No, much you love him. Um, he puts up some I, fantasy stats, so yeah, well, that's I, near I, and dear to my heart. I, I watch – I think I mentioned this before. When I'm breaking down, guys. I watch the game films. I watch as many games as I can find, full games. 
And then I'll throw in the highlights at the end, a highlight film if I want to. I got the highlight film, and it was a play where he was running the ball. He ran for a touchdown, and then he dropped back and threw for a touchdown, and then he dropped back, pump faked, and ran another one for a touchdown. I was just looking for – I just want to see him tackle somebody. <laughs> it, was, it was so much offense. I just wanted to see some defensive highlights, but – uh, I got to see in the game film, thankfully, but on the yeah. offense is all for him running the football. And he's huge. 6'4", 243, yeah. and ran a 4'4", too. Yeah. That's yeah. just – that should – a human being shouldn't be able to do that. In, in my notes, I have, is he the most versatile and most athletic player <laughs> in the entire draft? Because he might be <laughs> – We might see him playing core. We might see him kicking a few extra points. <laughs> Punter straight to Hammy. Get Troy. You know, and if there's one thing, and you know, a lot of things were added, like, you know, he needs to learn to read this and that a lot better. But, if, you know, if you were for running back and quarterback, he knows how offense is run. He should be able to learn very quickly because he has that entirely different framework. We a lot of times see like a quarterback that moves to tight end, moves to wide receiver, and they'll say, okay, well, they play quarterback, so they're going to know how the route tree works. They're going to know the timing better. This guy knows it, every position of the offense, how to play it so that. He should be able to pick it up quick. Dude, he's a he's I know he's gonna be boomer bust, but man, I, he's a he's gonna be a tough like one to pass up late first round. Yeah. I mean Montana State, come on, you're you're definitely rooting for the guy no matter what. Yeah, big sky, baby. Now, um, now let's let's back up just a little bit, make sure we touch on Dean. Basically, everything I said about Devin Lloyd, you can say about Dean, except he's 5'11, 225. Yeah. And I, I several times listen to podcasts and, you know, NFL Network, Bucky Brooks talking about him. He interviewed him at the combine and he's just like, man, I sat next to this guy and he is slight. I mean, he is not a hefty fella yeah. and yeah. very undersized, even for the NFL. They're going to undersized linebackers, but he's even undersized for that. One thing I'll give him, though, he, he did win the Buckus Award for best linebacker in the country, but uh, he can cover very well. And you mentioned that that Georgia defense with all those stars, but when the game mattered, when it was on the line and they needed something, all those stars looked at him. He was the leader, the smallest dude out there on the defense, probably smaller, smaller than the safeties. They looked at him for his leadership. Um, and man, when that ball snapped, he knows where it's going. That ball snapped and he reacts probably faster than anybody else, uh, which was really impressive to watch. But um Man, that size is really hurting him. It is, but he's a football player, right? Like oh, said, for sure. He's got that heart to drive. Yeah. And you're he, you know, you, you watch his tape, you read a lot of the things people say about him. It's almost sometimes like he knows what plays come before it comes. He he's a ball hawk. I, I think and he's gonna be fine. I think, yeah, once in a while is he gonna get pushed around a little bit, especially in the run game, probably. Is he gonna make it up with his essentially ferocity? Most likely. He's another guy. I think he's a canvas guy. Maybe first year he won't, but it's not everybody's Micah Parsons. It just goes in and dominates the league and literally says, eh, the NFL's no big deal. This is just sort of like playing in my backyard. And I don't I don't see that, but I, I see a guy that's going to be a pro bowler for a lot of years. And you, you mentioned him just being a, a absolute stud of a football player, and I talked about him being so quick with his reads. A guy that I also like, obviously not as much, Christian Harris out of Alabama. He is the exact opposite. He is a physical freak. 6'1", 230, ran a 4'4", 440. And this dude can fly all around the field. He can cover anybody you need him to cover. But he's slow. His instincts aren't there. You'll see a snap of the ball. Everybody on the defense move. He hasn't moved quite yet. There's a little hitch in his giddy-up right off the ball. Um, and that's going to – that's – 
that worries me. He's got everything he needs to be a good linebacker in the NFL, but that if he can improve his, his reading reaction, then he'll, he'll have a shot at being something, but it kind of scares me that he doesn't have that all like that's not built in. It's not ingrained. I mean, Nicobe Dean was born reading, reading the run, reading the pass. He knew what was going on. He knew what that guard was doing, fake pulling, whatever. Christian Harris isn't there yet. He's going to have to learn. So hopefully he's got that mentality and work ethic to do so. Yeah. He's just, he's again, he's going to be a solid guy, no glaring weakness. Uh, he's just going to have to do his thing, get out there. He last he, he, at the beginning of the year, it's un, unfortunate that the draft's not at the beginning of the college football season because he might have been the first linebacker taken. But then stock fall, fell a little bit. He's still, he'll get probably what, mid, mid second round, you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's normally where he goes. Another guy that's definitely not going to go in the first round uh, is Leo Chennault from Wisconsin. And this is he's a turn-back-the-clock kind of guy, 6'2", 250, definitely the biggest dude that we've talked about. But his stats are even more impressive than Devin Lloyd's. He has 115 tackles, 17.5 for loss, eight sacks, uh, and he did pretty well with the testing. 40-inch vertical, almost 11-foot broad jump, 4'5", 40. Um, yeah. I don't know. He's he's got the production on the field. He's got good film. He tested well. Um, he did 34 reps in the bench. Uh, that's more than most of the offensive linemen. So I don't know why he doesn't get more more chatter. Maybe it's because he's a little bigger, and that's not that's not really where NFL teams are going. But I think he has a pretty high floor. I don't know how high ceiling is. I think he's at a pretty high floor though. And no matter what, this dude will be a special teams lifer. Yeah, the, the, what, what I've read, the only glaring weakness, and it's maybe not a weakness, is they don't know if he can really cover because they never really gave him a chance. He was right. rarely asked to cover anybody that was going to be of consequence in a play. So, question mark, the, the guy's a freak. He could dominate games, take over games, but if he can't cover a tight end, that's going to create a problem for him. How, how many how many move tight ends were really lighting it up in the Big, in the, in the big Ten or – Whatever side of the of that he's on, not many, if any. I mean, I don't know which division in that he's he's in. I mean, Wisconsin and yeah, with I mean, Iowa, no, whatever. Right, but, but still, the fact that there's very little tape on that at all, correct. That makes guys, it makes a GM wonder. Like, okay, we're going to get this guy. It'd be great to get him in a running place. What are you going to do if he has to cover anything across the middle? It could be a problem. Uh, well, let's move on to cornerbacks and. There's one guy I know. So I, I want you to go first. I want you to open up and tell us about the, the, the baddest man out there. So I sent you a text months ago. How on Honestly. earth is sauce? Not only let alone never mentioned to be the number one overall, but so many of these experts don't even have as the number one corner. It's mind-boggling watching him again. It's like watching Dion, who tackles. Dion might stick his leg out and try and trip you, throw a chicken wing at you. This dude will lower his shoulder and knock you on your butt. Not to mention zero touchdowns given up in his entire college career. And he started. Not to mention QBR against last year, 2021. Do you know with this number? I don't know. Not a fan. 
Well, that's what happens when you only give up like 18 passing yards or receiving yards a game. Okay. And so here we got even more. Do you know this stat about him? The number one all time career QBR given up QBR against in college football for a career. 32.6 across the years. 32.6. I mean, and, what what, and what does is, this guy have to do? Well, it, he played across from Kobe Bryant, the other corner in Cincinnati, who was the college uh, defensive back. He won the award for best corner, best defensive back in college football. So it's not like he was playing against some bum and nobody was throwing at him. They had, well, I mean, they still didn't throw him. They, they threw him a lot more than I thought. When I was looking at, at tape, teams weren't – I wouldn't say they weren't scared to throw, throw to, towards him, but they just – they did it anyway. Well, well, Kevin, he went to Cincinnati. He didn't go up against yeah. big-time competition. Exactly. I know that's the big thing we talked about is he maybe that's the, the one main glaring reason that he doesn't get any respect. Well, he I shouldn't say he doesn't get any respect, but – this guy was as dominant of a player as anybody's been in college football for the last 15 years. So did you, you know, he, he hadn't allowed a single catch in the red zone over the last two years that I did not know. Well, how about this? Did you watch the Alabama film? Because everyone says you didn't go up against any receivers, yes. blah, blah, blah. Let, let, let me tell you, he, he went up against Alabama and he still the most passing yard or receiving yards he gave up in a game all year was 18. That's going up against Jamison Williams. That's going up against John Mechie. Okay. And um, if you watch that film, most of the plays, the receiver on his side that he was covering, didn't even run around. Oh, one passing plays. Just don't bother. <laughs> Just don't bother. That's Just Alabama. Don't bother. Nick Saban, and look, Nick Saban is smart. Probably the best college football coach of all time. And he was like, look, fellas, we need to worry about it. Just whoever lines up on that side, just jog a little bit, kind of, kind of get in his way, whatever. So beyond all the coverage and him just just like Dion, just baiting, it's like he gives a guy a two-yard cushion, just hoping and praying that QB is going to throw it his way. And he closes so fast. But he's I'm six, watching plays. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's a big dude. 6'3", 190. Ran a four, I think, four four one. Yeah. Uh, so, but like I say, tackling. He, he's literally – he's wrecking people. He will not back down from anybody. I didn't he want to see him do the Dion fadeaway tackle where the guy just sort of runs into you. You try to sort of grab and turn your head and hope he falls on you. The dude was laying his shoulder into people. I'm watching him chase from the other side of the field, running backs, running just, just a big old sweep, running around, and he comes the whole way across the field. They have no clue he's there. Boom, gets the guy for a one-yard loss. Want to play that most corners, they're over there with that receiver, you know, talking about who knows what. They, they're both like, we're not in this play, whatever. I, I, it's just the dude is so a beast and he should be going number one. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. All right. So, okay. Well, never mind. I was going to ask you if an NFL team feels that he is, you've been using the word Dion. If, if an NFL team feels that he is the next Dion Sanders, how does he not go number one? How doesn't he? You and I, I'm a little older than you, but you got to see Dion play. You've oh, only yeah. seen highlights of his heyday. You know, I was growing up during his heyday. The dude changed the defensive game more than Lawrence Taylor. The whole side of the field, until later in, the, later in his career, that's when they started at least running at him, uh, it just it wasn't there. So your defense, you had 10 other guys just 
had to cover like two thirds of the field. It was crazy watching a game with him and watching him bait people and just knowing what he's doing. As few, he, what, doesn't he have the all, he's got one of the records of the most, you know, returns for touchdowns or had so many like per pass attempt, how little they threw at him. And he's still just so many of them. And then you put him on specialties. I mean, Dion did a little bit of everything, but he just changed the game. So you said they didn't even, they didn't scheme for him. They just schemed as though he wasn't even in the game. We're just going to scheme for everything else and just pretend that guy's not here and just stay away. So how does he not do number one? I, I can't imagine there's a bigger game changer in the draft. Is he your favorite player of the draft? Oh, definitely. Just watching him is just, or at least on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I don't, I, you know, I hate to get you off your soapbox and, you know, throw some, throw some water on your flames here, but there are a few other cornerbacks in the draft. Well, it's not my soapbox, but it's his soapbox, please. Thank well, you very fair much. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, and one of them is Derek Stingley. A lot of folks have him as their second best corner again, because of reasons we'll discuss. I can't do that. I got him at four for me. The dude has everything you want in a corner. He's got good size. He's unbelievably athletic. He's so smooth. Watching him do drills and cover guys from 2019. Yes, I said 2019. Yes, that's the problem. Don't watch him in 2020. Don't watch him this past year. You You couldn't watch him. He's never on the field. And when he is, you see him give up on plays and pull Dion, uh, Dion and not tackle guys that are running at him. And he's awesome. He's got a, his career. I think he gives up a 41% completion percentage when guys are thrown at him. He's, he could be unreal. I just listen, man, when you, when I can watch on film and see you quit on a play, I can't get, I just can't back that. It's been a top in the top 10. I can't do it. Can't gamble. I gotta be safe. Entirely with you. If there's one position on the field, you really got to keep after it. It's corner because otherwise, bye-bye, 75-yard touchdown. Correct. Now he's, look, he's going top 10. He is going. Of course 10. he's going to. I, I saw at least half the mocks today had him going ahead of sauce. Maddening to me, but whatever. My biggest thing is that 2019 year, he should have left then. <laughs> I know he couldn't be allowed, but it was as dominant as you could be. It's gotten worse and worse, and worse and worse. Partially because of the injuries, you say, well, it's only got worse because of the injuries. Well, the injuries are what's causing the worse. If he's already injured that much and he's not even been drafted yet, not seen the NFL field, what's going to happen now? I can't trust that guy to play. You might, you're right. When he's on the field, he's solid. But <laughs> if he's playing eight games a year, what what, what is that? I, I, I just don't think he should go so high. I, to me, he's Agreed. a late first rounder. He's a guy you take that chance on late first round. Because he could be an all-pro, he might have knee surgery in August and never play again. He's he's too tantalizing for a team to uh, to let him drop that far. Absolutely. But I agree. Absolutely. I agree. One guy I think you can count on that has a higher floor is Trent McDuffie, yes. uh, corner out of Washington. He's not as big. He's only 5'11", 195. He's not that long. No, um, and there's a there's a stat I heard. Man, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah, and this was like a, a month or maybe even two months ago, and I, I can't find it again. But it was something about in the last – since 2014 or something, there's only been two Pro Bowl corners that had arms shorter than like 32 or 33 inch, something like that. Yeah. And he falls into that category where his arms are too short. And 
listen, I don't know if it really matters. Um, maybe there aren't that many NFL corners that have arms as short as him. And maybe that's why the numbers are skewed. I don't know. But I can tell you that this dude only gave up 16 catches offseason. He can play in man. He can play in zone. He doesn't he- hesitate to help in the run game. Um, he's even pretty good at getting off blocks. This guy is very well-rounded. He really has it all except for size. He's Again, he's a football player. Yes. He makes up for yes. the lack of size by being a football player. The dude's everywhere Brilliant. all the time. He's never in the wrong spot. He tackles. He covers. He does everything. He's another one. If the Ravens get him, I'm not going to complain. No, sure. I, I really want help up the middle, but with all the injuries at corner, that's a great guy. He, he's just great. He's awesome. Fast, quick. I mean, the dude can yeah, move. Very quick. That's it. Very quick. You put that yep. guy in a phone booth, man, he is – he's got some quick feet. He's scooting. Next guy for me is Kair Elam. He does have the size that uh, – or the length, at least, that Trent McDuffie is lacking. He's over six foot, about six one, And this guy is physical and played very well against the stud receivers in the SEC. And, and it's wild. These stats with these corners. I don't remember there being a class with these shocking of numbers – but Sauce Gardner gave up like 130 yards receiving all season. Trent McDuffie, only 16 catches. Kyrie Elam, he only gave up 19 catches and 131 yards on the year. I mean, it's wild, these stats. And these guys are going up against good receivers. Oh, now, yeah. Trent McDuffie probably has the least competition of the, of the group. Um, but still, Kyrie Elam, he played man, he played zone. The one thing I liked him is he was so annoying for receivers because he is in their hip pocket and – bugging them throughout their whole route. Now, I do wish he, he did not do it in the run game. He was not as physical. I don't know why a corner is so physical covering a receiver, but not in the run game, whatever. Um, but I do think, given the right defensive scheme, I think he can flourish in the NFL. My, my favorite thing about him is he's been basically bred to play defensive back since he was born. Correct. Dad and uncle, both longtime defensive backs. Mr. Matt Elam, Baltimore Raven. Uh, so he's, he's, like you said earlier, one of the guys was born to do this and that he was born to play D back. He knows what he's doing. He's big. That's a huge thing. That, that's where I think the only thing, the difference is with the, the NFL and college so much, the smaller guys or maybe short arms is they're covering a lot of guys that aren't huge. So many NFL receivers now are so tall, so lanky that you can well, be up on them and they're just, they moss you. Well, if you think about the last, the last two drafts, though, I mean, this year we got yeah, they're Drake not Lund as big and Traylon Burks, but other than that, they're smaller, so that that's yeah. going to help a guy like Trent McDuffie. Help Even long last term, year, but a lot the of these Devontae guys that he's going to be covering right off the bat now are there's some tall, there's some tall, lanky fellas. That, that's the other thing. So a lot of these teams only want tall corners anymore. They don't even Correct. want to deal with somebody that's under six foot. I'm just saying, um, I'm not saying they're not great football players, but you and I think a little differently than many, if not all, NFL GMs. And some of them, if it, they have the, their parameters now. They don't care how high you can jump. They don't care if you're a player. They just care that if you don't fit this what, this exact standard, we're not touching you. Now, did you watch much Andrew Booth? I did not. Okay. A, li- a little a bit. Lot. He's a freak, but just – A lot of people are really high on him. Like, I'm, I'm talking top 15 overall players. He looks, um, he looks like he – he succeeds in spite of himself. He's so athletic that he can do it. But can he get away with that in the NFL? He did not jump off the off the screen for me. Uh, I didn't get really excited watching him. 
And I think part of the reason why was because the very first film I watched was the NC State film. And if you watch any of the end of the first quarter, they, they drive down the field and they get in the red zone and they try to throw a fade to his receiver. It's incomplete quarterback over through the receiver. So he stands up, Andrew Booth gives the incomplete, you know, signal with his arms. Very next play, his receiver runs it out, catches it for a touchdown. Now it was a good route. It was a great throw, but I just watched NC. Who's NC State's quarterback? Joe Blow. I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Exactly. If he's not afraid of Andrew Booth, why am I afraid of Andrew Booth? Right. Why can't? Why would NFL teams target him? Um, now, granted, he he does have great film. He's got great ball skills. He again, he's versatile enough. He can play zone. He can play man. I think he's going to be good. I think he's got a decent floor for me. I think I mentioned this with Kyron. He was the Kyron Williams of this draft for me, where he's wasn't spectacular anywhere, but he was really good at, at everything that he did. He didn't really stand out to me in a lot of spots, um, but he was, I mean, he's really good at, at just about everything for me. I think he has a higher floor than, than a ceiling. Which is the first round, man, if he's there for Cincinnati, I mean, good grief. They scoop him up, and that is – yeah. I mean, yeah. that is a match made in That's heaven the thing. for me. He's, a, he's another guy there. He's a project boomer bust. He's an athletic freak. He just needs to learn how to play corner better and have better technique because guess what? Everybody you're going against now is some level of an athletic freak. He bailed quick. I mean, look, I, I played corner in college, so I, I know what it's supposed to look like. Now, granted, I played at a much lower level, but I know what it looks like. I, I, I know what cover three looks like. I know what, you know – uh, like bail man. I know what it all looks like. He bailed quick. Now, I don't know if maybe that was the scheme in Clemson. He was supposed to do that. Or maybe he doesn't trust his, his speed to stick with you know, deep routes with receivers. I don't know. But they were receivers wide open underneath a lot. Now, I didn't see a whole lot of quarterbacks take advantage of it. Uh, but the, that underneath, those underneath routes were there. What do you have him running? Um, I don't even know if I put it in my notes. I didn't. Either. I, uh, I didn't. Oh, he didn't run. He didn't run. Cause he's got the uh, oblique. He had the, um, surgery, I think on, um, oblique maybe, or hernia, something, some type of core muscle injury. Gotcha. So safeties last position we have. And one that I wasn't big on at the start of this whole process, but as it went on, I started watching more film on guys and liking more guys more. Um, obviously Kyle Hamilton's the cream of the crop here. He's the only dude that's really, that's, that has a size of a safety. He's six, four, two twenty. The other guys I have here, I'll go ahead and, and go down the list. Six foot, 192, 511, 200, 62, 200, 61, 200. I mean, they're all right around 200 pounds. And here comes Kyle Hamilton at six, four, two twenty. Um, and if you just watch the film and just skill wise, he's one of the best players in the entire draft. This everything. is well, every, and what'd you say? The dude can play football. He can play the game. He's got range. He's got instincts. The dude ran a four, five, nine, 40 at the combine. And then went to his pro day and ran like a four, seven, one. I do not understand it. Um, I just don't care because sometimes I do, but when your tape is as good as Kyle Hamilton's. Now he's got he struggles a little bit covering the deep ball, and maybe that's part of the 40 time. But he is such a solid player. It's I mean, his uh, he's another guy that his floor is extremely high. He is. 
And we'll get back to QBR against last year. Yep. 42.3. That's elite go. corner numbers. Yeah. You know, he's so, also, now he's not covering like a corner would cover. No, no he's not. But, but the thing with the safety, it, it, it's a little different. They're not covering like – so the thing is the QBR against the safety sometimes can just skyrocket quick. So you have two long plays that it looks like you are the primary guy in coverage and they're going – it's, it's difficult for a safety to have such a low QBR. And it's not like Notre Dame doesn't have a fairly difficult schedule. Uh, well, I know I know in over 800 coverage snaps in his college career, he gave up one touchdown. That's what I'm saying. The dude, he's, again, he's one of those guys, as safe a pick as you can get, and could be a game wrecker. It punch you in the mouth, buddy. Oh, yeah, he's a beast. And you know there's what no, else no he did? around. He looks as serious as serious – he looks like Ronnie Lott on the field, like – I'm here to play football outside of the whistle before after the game. We're buddies. Once that whistle blows, you are my enemy and yeah. I will destroy you. Uh, did, did you, you, you did not play high school football, right? No. All right. So this is just a, a very crude like example here, but in, in terms of this 40 time, when you're in high school and it's time for the punt team, you, you, the coaches takes the two fastest guys on the team and he puts them at the gunners. He puts them outside. Kyle Hamilton played gunner on the punt team for Notre Dame. You don't put a slow dude out there, okay? This guy's speed is fine, and his he he should be a top three pick. I mean, honestly, when he might, if you he told me if, we, if you if we're going by just by if we're going just by who's the best football players in the draft, I mean, you could go Sauce Gardner, Kyle Hamilton, one two. I saw a little thing they had on NFL Network again today with him. You know who his uh, idol is, and who he he thinks his game is. He patterns his game after this guy. And once he said, I was like, dude, you couldn't be more correct. John Taylor. Boom. Yeah. Boom. And I've seen a couple mocks where magically, with no real explanation, he's fallen to them. I know. At 11. It makes no sense. I had him go at 11. I mean – Goodell's going to have the card in his hand before he gets rid of the other one if he falls down to 11. I don't think that NFL teams value the safety position enough, which is wild because I'm mean, thinking about was was it Derwin James? Um, the it was Derwin James, right? Isn't he? Isn't he? Didn't he the safety that dropped down to 17 for the Chargers the one year? Yeah, he did drop. Like 27. I don't know exactly how far, but yeah, he dropped. I mean, the what? What a steal that There's was. A guy I mean, like he's, this. A he's a three-down guy. He can cover. He can tackle. He will be the quarterback on your defense. The dude is a monster. And if, uh-huh. and if Sean Taylor, he's put, playing, you know, getting comparisons to him, you can't really go wrong there. He might have been a head case, but the dude could play some football. For sure. Um, another guy that can uh, that can play the game, Daxton Hill from Michigan. He's my second favorite safety. Former five-star recruit. He's a good tackler. Little too many risks he takes for me, but um, he does play the run well. And I think with how many NFL teams, I mean, I think the Buffalo Bills, they they they're full-time nickel. Like their their base defense is nickel defense. And even though he's listed as safety, I think he's perfect uh nickel corner because he ran a four three eight forty. That's right, four three eight forty. His short shuttle was a four oh six. So not only does he have um, not only can he go in a straight line, the dude can change direction quickly. He's got the perfect size, six foot, 192. I mean, he 
I think his versatility and I already mentioned the size of these safeties are all pretty fast. The safeties may actually push some of these corners down the board. Now sauce is going to go early. Um, Stingley's going to go early, probably McDuffie. But then if you have a guy that's listed as a safety, but can play corner, can give you a nickel corner. Versatile. Why, right. Why not take them over a dude that only plays on the outside? I'm with you. He'll be a per- perennial pro bowler. And he's another yeah. one. He's got nowhere to go but up as he learns more and more. And then that goes along with his spark. That's the only thing. I, he was going to go fairly high anyway, but his combine just shot him through the roof. Is somebody going to go maybe a little too high because of that? Maybe, but maybe not. This dude could be a perennial pro bowler. For sure. Another guy that I absolutely loved. I don't know. he His name hasn't been thrown out a whole lot as far as first-round picks go, but he's my third favorite safety, and that's Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. Not sure how much you, you checked him out. But 5'11", 200, he played deep. He played in the slot. He is quick. He can read and react very quickly to the run. He's not afraid to pop you in the mouth, which you always want from your safety. There were times when I couldn't tell if he was blitzing or reacting to the run. Like that's how that's how quick he was in diagnosing the play and getting up there. Maybe he was blitzing. Maybe he was just read and react. I don't know, but it was impressive. The guy's got a high motor. He's a good tackler. Um, he did he he did have a tendency to get beaten RPOs every now and then, just because he was so aggressive trying to get up there. Had a quick forty in the four fours. In two years as a safety, he had 30 tackles for loss, 29 and a half. Yeah. Two years. I mean, we're talking 15 tackles for loss a year. I actually think it was 12 one year and 18 tackles for loss this past season That's as a safety. That's, That's awesome, intense. dude. That's production, buddy. Oh, Four yeah. picks, touchdowns. He's, I loved it. Yeah, he can play. I did a very brief research on him tonight after uh, a Miss Cynthia Freeland expressed her love for him. Um, so – I mean, he looked good on Twitter. He looked good. And I, I, don't, I don't read her stuff, but we we seem to be. I don't know. I don't know what that says. happened to be on NFL Network all night tonight. There's, I mean, it's just draft this, draft this. I had it on all day watching this, hoping. Mm-hmm. I was actually just hoping, praying something crazy would happen, but nothing did. Um, but another one's Lewis Seen, Georgia again. Yes, Georgia guy. Who knows? Six foot two, two hundred pounds. He's another He's one. Mean. Oh, he is. He. Watching him, he's another one. He is most definitely not afraid to lay somebody out. He wants to. Yes. He mean. he doesn't want you to get up. That's what I'm saying. Mean. He's like Hamlin. He's out there to play football. And if you're if you don't have on his jersey, the gloves are off. It's go time. Old uh, school football. Yes. Yes. I I I love it. I think I he'll do. go first round. I think he. I really honestly now think he's going to go late first. Yeah, hey, I, I, it's I've seen it a lot more. And the opposite, the guy I, a guy I used to see at the end of the first that kind of has dropped out recently. I think there's Jaquan Brisker from yeah, Penn State. Likewise, again, all these guys are around six foot. They're all around two hundred pounds. Um, he he played in the box a lot. So if you're looking for a box safety, uh, he could be your guy if that's going to fit your scheme a little better. He, he's not afraid to mix it up in the run game like most of these. I mean, these safeties, It's I feel like it's like the receiver bunch of last year where they're all the same size and they all kind of do the same thing. It's just which one's going to fit your system better and what little bitty thing do you value more that this guy has that this guy might not. It just feels like that kind of draft for me with the safety position outside of Kyle Hampton, obviously. No, I agree. Any of these guys, I think most of them are going to have productive careers. You might get a steal in the late second with one of these fellas instead of 
Now, I could see these guys other than Hamilton. I could see one of them going top 15. I could see none of them going until 28, except for Hamilton. It's, sure. a, it's just a team's need. They're, the, the devaluation of safety for whatever reasons. It's uh, There could be some real bargains here. I really think that, um, that the safeties are going to go a little – at least Daxton Hill and – and Lewis Seen, I think, are really going to go higher. Um, I mean, maybe even in the teens. We'll see. That's what I'm saying. Um, they might, but they might not. It could be one of those things where it's like a fantasy thing, like a little run. Once somebody very, does, very intriguing. It does, might happen, or it might not. That well, was, that's what was, that is intriguing. What an observation. It might or might not. I think it could be a fantasy type deal. When one of them, the second one finally goes, there might be a tiny little mini run over the next 10, yeah. 12 picks of two, three, four more of them going. And then from there, it'll just be like, okay, we'll get, we'll take a chance on this guy in the fourth round. One of those that's going to happen in either offensive line or defensive line in the top 10, it's either going to be edge or it's going to be the tackles. Someone's going to go on a run. I think in the top 10, because everyone's going to be afraid well, oh, crap, if I don't get my guy now, I'm not going to get him. And there might be some reaches up there. I mean, we could see four edge rushers go in the top eight, nine picks. We absolutely could. No and doubt. All, we could see all three tackles could be going in the top five. All, yeah, sure. All three tackles could be going in the top five. Yeah. Trevor like, Penning, I think, in the yeah, top ten. Yeah, could be like quarterbacks last year. Crap. I've seen that. I mean, I've seen it today. I've seen three edge guys go all in a row. What if Trevor Penn? Uh, I, 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 I saw, I bet I saw at least three mocks today that had Walker, Hutchinson, Thibodeau in any order. Top yeah. three. Yeah. What, what if, what if Trevor Penning's sitting there at seven or eight? You're, you don't think the New Orleans Saints are calling up to, to Atlanta or, or the Giants and be like, hey, take our, take our two picks in the late teams. We need Penning. He's the last guy left. Because after Penning, the tackles, I mean, who you got? Right. Tyler Smith, maybe? Yeah, there's nothing after him. All right, so before we head out of here, defensive players, uh, who are you ringing the bell for? I don't care what anybody says. I'm ringing it for Sauce. He should go number one, 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 one. I don't like ringing the bell for somebody so high, and I know we're supposed to pick somebody we didn't talk about, but I'm breaking the rules. I'm going for Sauce, number one overall. It only took you two episodes to uh... – to throw the rules in, to throw the rule book in the trash. I'm a rule breaker, baby. You know that. Yeah. So, so. That's not really. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's not really uh, up for debate. I'll stick. I'll stick to the rules, and I'll give you Roger McCreary. Now he's not. Hmm. I don't love him because we had that short arm conversation. Well, his arms are three inches shorter than the league average. That being said, he played against the best of the best as far as receiver goes in the sec he went to auburn um he's very smooth and the dude can just cover man i, I think he has the highest i don't think i know he has the highest coverage grade of any quarter yep. cornerback yep. according to pff yeah i read i read an article today. jamar chase there's a jamar chase Traylon burks oh yeah there's quite a few gms that think he could be that sneaky best career of all these backs in this whole class mm -hmm. And, he and, could be the true shutdown of all of them. And he's not going before pick 25, 28. No, no I actually not. have him overall at, at, at about 25 or so. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to go late 20s. He might even sneak down a little farther 
it depends on what kind of moves are made, how many corners – if they the corners do all go before him, he could get pushed into the second round. Sure. He could. Absolutely, he could. Because Elam could go ahead of him. I mean, we've potentially already got five corners going ahead of him. I think McCreary is going to be in the second round unless he's that one. There's always that one corner that that sneaks in that first round, and everyone's kind of like, "Oh man, what? Where, where did this guy come from?" But well, would you have, could, you wouldn't have him against uh, ahead of any of the five we already talked about, would you? Correct. So he, he essentially he's there's the five, then he's six, and then after that there's a gradual. Yeah, Kyler Gordon like him. That they just sort of fall away. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Elon will go fifth. <clears throat> And then McCreary. Okay. Maybe sure. not. It could be vice versa. But that, that's how I think they would go. All right. You got anything else you need to throw in here? No. Nah, we're going we're gonna to do our thing tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. I think what, what we're going to do, I've done a little research on the Facebook Live. I think it'd be cool to do a Facebook Live event. I think I got to figure it out. We can both get our beautiful faces in there. Uh, I but, am a beautiful man, so I like that. Hey, hard to debate that. But uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We will hopefully host a mock draft special tomorrow night. Um, it'll be one night before the real deal, Holyfield. The NFL draft is taking place Thursday. It's my second favorite day of the year behind um, my League of Record fantasy draft, possibly my son's birthday. Um, but no matter what, be sure to check out uh, our little mock draft special tomorrow. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall. We'll see you all next time. Sauce.